L, that email that you sent me this morning was really weird. You remember the one where the subject line was like, I am the ghost of Eleanor. And the contents of the message said, if you're reading this, I'm no longer of this world. Love you, Lo. Give Carson all the belly rubs for me. This is awkward and kind of embarrassing, although poetic past me. But a few years ago, I discovered this website that sends people emails after you die. Either a loved one lets them know to send them off, or they wait 60 days, check in on you, and when you don't respond, they automatically send the emails. So I set one of those up. Wait, but we're we're here in person. You're not a ghost, are you? Maybe. Okay, no, clearly I'm not dead. I also have something like 80,000 unread (laughs) emails. That is unfortunately literally not an exaggeration. I have maxed out my Gmail and I'm guessing I just must have missed them checking in on me. Not to be a bummer, but I had this feeling that after I die, it might be kind of tee-hee to send you one last message. It would be very tee-hee to get one final email from my bestie. So weird, but you know me so well. So maybe I'm the weird one? We can be weird together, dead or alive. Are you all and beyond the grave, baby? This does remind me, though, of a story somebody told me about somewhat recently. Have you heard about the guy who was emailing his friends and family about current events after he died? I have not. But, I mean, I think this intro just closed the case on how that happened, right? Not so fast, because he was sending emails about things that happened long after he passed away. Oh my god, I remember this now. It was like an actual whole media thing. This story is wild. We have to talk about it. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loey, your friendly neighborhood true believer with additionally like 80,000 unread Gmail emails, probably missing emails from my dead loved ones all the time. It's a problem. I am Eleanor, your stubborn skeptic. Honestly, an equal number of missed texts. If you're listening, besties, <laughs> I promise I'm not avoiding you. Together, we are the Gruesome Twosome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for. We might scare ourselves into staying up all night. We might delete our emails, but honestly, (laughs) probably not. One thing's for sure, we're glad to have you guys along for the ride today. Today, we're going to be talking all about Jack Faris, who passed away back in June of 2011. Now, to set the tone, I guess, Jack is a real person who really did pass away. There's record of all of this. And some bizarre stuff started going down after he passed. This is a doozy, and I honestly, I'm just going to say, going into this, I don't know where we're going to land on this one, because there is a mixture of so many different things. Is this a media hoax? Is it something paranormal? Is it a mix of all of the above? I don't know. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. 
This is your last chance to enter the Ohio Lottery's Fun Turns 50 promotion. Score $3,500 in two tickets to the epic party at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where you could win part of another $400,000 in cash prizes. Enter the new 50th anniversary scratch-off or $50 worth of eligible non-winning $5 or $10 scratch-offs and My Lotto Rewards through the Ohio Lottery app. Hurry up. The last entry deadline is May 13th. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. On June 10th, 2011, a man named Jack Faris died of a heart arrhythmia at his home in Dunmore, Pennsylvania. Now, Jack was only 32 years old when he passed away. He was born December 15th, 1978 in Scranton, Pennsylvania. His friends say that he had a personality bigger than life with a sarcastic comeback for anything anyone had to say. And when he died, he left behind his two young children, his mother, Patty, and a number of close friends. But eventually, life moves on and everybody got on with their existence. Until, that is, one night in November of 2011, when Jack's best friend of 17 years, Tim Hart, received an email with an ominous subject line. I'm watching. The sender? Jack Faris. I want to make it really clear. Once again, we, we stated this at the beginning. It sounds like a creepypasta. It sounds like a viral scary story. It does not sound real, and I get it. But this comes straight from the BBC, who broke the story in 2012. It was further reported on by ABC, The Huffington Post, Today, and The Irish Times. I was not on board until you legitimized this story with The Irish Times. It's like, the BBC, they can be fooled. The Huffington the Post can't be trusted. But The Irish Times... Maybe we have something here. So our boy Tim, he was freaked out, but obviously he just assumed, as most of us would, that his friend had been hacked. So he opened the email and the message read, did you hear me? I'm at your house, clean your fucking attic. Kind of annoying. <laughs> imagine being nagged by like your imagine, deceased friend. Like what? Literally imagine I die and I send you an email and I'm like, girl, the kitchen. Right? Like, like oh my God, of all things to say. That said, there was actually seemingly a reason for this and it really freaked Tim out. He wasn't sure if his friend had been hacked at this point because the second to last time that Jack went over to Tim's house, while he was obviously still alive, they went up to Tim's attic to talk about potentially remodeling it. When they got there, they found that the floor was super dusty Ooh. and Jack told Tim, you better clean this attic before I get up here and clean it myself. Tim had never told anybody about this seemingly super mundane story and he and jack were the only ones home at the time honestly not gonna lie kind of a weirdly specific quote to remember there but yeah no tino shade so once tim hart received this unexpected email he immediately responded he was obviously like what is going on here he was yeah. hoping to maybe hear from his friend or a ghost or even the hacker but unfortunately he never got answers he never even got a response Dang. Wow. Like, can you even imagine just going about your life? Hey, I'm upstairs. You should probably <laughs> clean up here. And it's just like your friend who's been dead for months at this point. Truly terrifying. So shortly after Tim got his email, Jack's cousin, Jimmy McGraw. What a great name. Jimmy McGraw. Catchy. <laughs> he also received an email. And the subject line was simply, hey, Jim. The first part of the message said, how you doing? I knew you were going to break your ankle. Tried to warn you. 
gotta be careful. What made this message unsettling is that Jimmy had just broken his ankle a week or two prior, months after Jack had died. So let's say Jack is using one of those services to send an email to a loved one after he's passed away. Maybe Mm -hmm. he did go ahead and set up an email to his friend and he was like, that attic is still not clean. I know it's not going to be clean months after my passing. Right. How did he know that Jimmy was going to hurt himself? Hmm? Suspicious. So a little suspicious. strange. Are we um for clarification, these are coming from Jack's email? Is yes, that everything okay. is coming That's from That's why we're okay, cool. It's not like a new email address. It's mm-hmm. not like it, it's completely like his stuff that he okay. had before he passed away. Now, to be fair, Jimmy actually doesn't find the message particularly unsettling. He believes that Jack sent it because he considers Jack the brother he never had. And he thinks that the message was from his cousin helping Jimmy to move on. But still, there was more to the message. As if it couldn't get any creepier, the second half of it read, Tell Rock for me. Great song, huh? You're welcome. Couldn't get through to him. His email didn't work. And this is one of the most bizarre parts of the story. So Jack Farise's cousin is named Frank Farise, but to his family, he's simply known as Rock. Not the Rock, that has been taken, but he is just <laughs> simply <laughs> That Rock. was my first thought. I was like, Dwayne? The Rock Johnson? Dwayne? <laughs> Once the BBC began running video stories about Jack's emails, Frank left like YouTube comments basically on these about how Jack was also visiting him in his dreams. Jack's okay. making the rounds, man. He's like, he's sending these emails. He's really busy in He's the a afterlife. busy boy. Yeah, for like sure. truly no rest for the dead. Imagine after you pass on, you literally still sit down to type on your computer. Like, oh, oh my God, the throttle that Apple has on our lives. <laughs> Like, Steve Jobs, please. (laughs) He's in the afterlife, just like, yes, yes. He sells ghost computers at the ghost Apple store. (laughs) Frank wrote that the message sent to Jimmy is a reference to a song Frank had tried to create after Jack's passing. Now, he was having a lot of trouble writing the song until, he claims, Jack began to visit him in his dreams. Now, there was also a third person who was emailed, but according to the BBC, this third person declined to go on the record because the email was literally just too personal. They were like, hey, these other emails, they're interesting. Mine was just too intense. Can't talk about it. So we don't even know who that is. What? They contacted the BBC to say they weren't going to tell them anything? (laughs) Hello. Thank you so much for your email. Uh, No. (laughs) Like, basically. What does that even mean? I don't know. There are a ton of theories about what could have happened here. And I certainly have my own ideas on what we're looking at. But most of the theories do tend to have, I guess, little holes, little Mm -hmm. inconsistencies. Now, I have some theories too, but you're right on that. There's inconsistencies, there's kind of plot holes here, and there's honestly just a lot that doesn't make any sense. Up next, we'll try to figure out whether or not Jack Faris was hacked, or if he is truly communicating with his loved ones from beyond the grave. Listeners, most of you probably know that I host another podcast series called Serial Killers. What you may be surprised to learn is that we've been working on that podcast for five years now. So as a special treat for the fans, we've prepared an anniversary series examining the mythology surrounding four of the most feared killers who ever lived. 
Kemper, Gacy, Bundy, Dahmer. This four-part series uncovers the men behind the mayhem, analyzing what turned them into killers and how their lethal behavior made them renowned for all the wrong reasons. Serial Killers is the perfect podcast for any true crime or storytelling fan, and this fifth anniversary special is not one to miss. Check it out today by following Serial Killers, free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. I read a collection of Stephen King stories somewhat recently from a book. I can't think of what the name is off the top of my head, but basically in this first book, it's all about a kid who grew up in kind of like the mid-2000s, and he gives his really elderly neighbor his very first iPhone. And you find out like 20 seconds into the story, the neighbor passes away, and he starts getting these texts from beyond the grave. Mm -hmm. But it's never intelligible. It's like, 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 just like, like, spam. And the kid always gets them at really weird like points during his life. This is what reminded me of that. But I don't think that Jack was like buried with his MacBook. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that Jack like took... Honestly, give it a couple years. No, listen. If I perish, bury me with my MacBook before anyone (laughs) has the chance to even open the lid. The emails freaked out everyone in Jack's family, understandably, and all of his friends who had also received these emails, but they struggled to find a rational explanation. Now, they have thought of a few theories, though. One of the most likely ones is that Jack was hacked, baby. Somebody logged into his email and began sending these messages to his friends and family. But the BBC confirmed that everyone who received a message claimed that no one knew his passwords. And even if they did, they wouldn't have sent the messages. I love the BBC confirmed that they've claimed no one did it. (laughs) The BBC has stated that this man was unhackable. Like, okay, we'll get to what our theories are, but I know some of my listeners are with me here where it's so obvious it's the family. Really? That's what I think. Really? Certainly, yes. Oh, I just assumed straight hacker. Straight? How would they know so much about it? That's How would they know about the attic? It has to be somebody that's in the family. Oh my gosh. That's kind of screwed up. If it's somebody in the family who's like not... Always like the sad eye emoji in front of me right now. Like, wait, people are bad. Wait. Now, one source that I found said that Jack's Gmail account had not been accessed since before his death, according to activity logs provided by Google following an inquiry from numerous news sources. Now, I couldn't exactly find that one referenced anywhere else, though, so we'll kind of take it with a grain of salt. You know, BBC isn't coming out and saying, we also confirmed that there has been no activity. If that's true, Mm -hmm. that's a big, that's a massive deal. If like nobody knew has logged on, it means that only the devices that previously had it logged on are still logged in. Sure. 
But for clarification, nobody has actually seen these no. supposed activity logs provided no. by Google. Now, another theory is that the sender of the emails is none other than Jack's mother, Patty. This is alleged. This is alleged. All alleged. But in interviews, Patty has said that she believes that these emails are fantastic. And while mysterious, they provide a lot of healing for herself and her family. She even went so far as to say they made some people really happy. They upset some people. But to me, that's keeping people talking about him. And to Patty's credit, she also claims that she never had any of her son's passwords, but uh, who knows? So much claiming. I don't think we're going to get to a singular culprit in this case here, but I do think it has to be a family member. Now, if your son had passed away, obviously any kind of communication, I don't think that points to like Patty being guilty in any way yeah. that she thinks this is a good thing or, you know, like a healing, therapeutic, cathartic thing for her. However, I still believe it's the family. Someone in the Yeah. It's also entirely possible that Jack was reaching out from beyond the grave. We kind of touched on this already. It's just not paranormal. So like I said earlier, there are a bunch of services that will allow you to send an email to your friends and family after you've died. This is a real thing. These websites, one is called Dead Man's Switch, and this allows users to take care of any final business they had left over. As the Dead Man's Switch page explains, quote, you write a few emails and choose the recipients. These emails are stored securely, so no one except the intended recipient will ever read them. So they store your emails, and then mm -hmm. when you die, out they go. The site then gets in touch with users every so often to make sure you're fine. Yeah. And if you don't reply after 60 days, they start sending out your dead emails. This is a recipe for disaster. Nobody checks their email this consistently. Honestly, not something I would recommend doing. I feel like it's inevitable that these, or if you do, make them kind of funny. It's inevitable that these yeah. emails will get out. So when I first read this case, I was like, okay, case closed. Right. It's obviously that type of situation. But of course, the looming question is, and the only way that that wouldn't make sense is what about Jimmy's ankle? Remember how Jimmy broke his ankle like long after Jack had passed away? If Jack had programmed an email to go out basically wishing Jimmy luck on his broken ankle before he broke his ankle, that's one hell of a guess. Well, there's also the likelihood that this could be a hoax, obviously, mm -hmm. and that it spiraled so far out of control that it hit mainstream news and was too big to go back on. I think most people online believe now that this was the work of one of Jack's close friends or maybe somebody we talked about, somebody that he knew who either hacked his email or had his passwords and faked all of this. Now, if that's not the case, it's also possible that these emails were a result of spoofing so email spoofing is something usually used in email spam or phishing attacks to trick users into thinking a message came from somebody they know or trust. So like, I'm sure you've gotten emails like this, like, yes. I am your uncle, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> In spoofing attacks, the sender forges email headers so that your email program displays a fraudulent sender address. So in this case, it wouldn't have even been Jack's actual account. It would have just looked that way Got to it. the recipient. It's usually obviously used to financially scam people, but in this case, it could have been someone doing it nefariously to trick mm -hmm. Jack's friends and family. But that's kind of... It doesn't have much weight behind it to me because if it was a complete stranger, 
how, number one, would they know who to get in contact with? On Jack's list of contacts, it seems like only the people closest to him received emails and that those emails had personal information in them, both about Jack and about the recipient. I also don't know what the motivation for this would be. If it was somebody who didn't know Jack personally, why? I think whether it's uh, spoofing or whether it's a hacker, we have to assume that it's somebody who was close to Jack. There's also, of course, the option that it is a hoax. It's possible that, like, they talked about how, who Jack was as a person. I was, like, the sarcastic, kind of, like, funny man. Maybe they thought it was something in the vein of what he would do. Sending Mm -hmm. a silly email to a loved one saying, clean your attic, bro, or, like, yeah, you hurt your ankle, you freaking klutz. But then it just got out of hand. The media started reporting it. It just was a case of something that went a little bit too far. So wanted to share this story. This is an exclusive to the pod um, and not really something I guess I've ever thought about talking about. But obviously my dad passed away almost six years ago. And when he first did, I got his phone, like basically a box. When your loved one passes away, the hospital has like all the clothes that they had, their wallet, their basically anything that was on their person. So they sent me that box and his phone was inside of it. And of course, when somebody first passes away, kind of like Thought number one after grieving is like the stuff that you have to get into order. Mm-hmm. And my dad hadn't left a will. He had nobody had any idea he was going to pass away. So I had to get into his bank. I had to get into his Capital One. I'm having to like figure out stuff with his car. And his phone was like severely damaged from the shipping. Like it, mm-hmm. he was not a case person. And the phone would overheat to the point that like it was painful to have in my hand when it was on. So mm-hmm. I didn't get very far is what I'm essentially trying to say. So the phone is largely unused. It's months after my dad has passed away. And I'm supposed to be leaving for Los Angeles one morning really early, like 6 a.m. And mm-hmm. you know me. You yep. know how I, I sleep. sure do. You know how I snooze right through my alarms, baby. Literally disaster. <laughs> <laughs> is about to strike. I just know it. I just know it. And I'm supposed to go to LA for a pretty big business thing. I can't remember what it would have been at that point in time, but it was something. My alarms go off, sleep straight through them. My phone dies, fully dies, had it off the charger all night. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this, of course, in the moment because dead asleep. My dad's phone starts going off with an alarm that was set basically like just in time for me to get out the door for my flight. I'd had the phone on for days. This alarm had never gone off before. It was a Friday. So I'd never like gone through his alarm schedule or anything like that, but also mm-hmm. had never set an alarm on his phone. And again, it had been on for a pretty considerable amount of time at this point. Mm-hmm. So it just made no sense for this alarm to go off on my father's phone. Wake up, see that my phone is dead, see that it's my dad's phone going off, have no time to think about it because I'm like, oh, crap, I got to get to the airport. Grab my stuff, get in the car. I'm charging my phone in the car. And that's kind of when it hits me that like, oh, what does it mean? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Right. So just a fun little anecdote. I've never really like it's never fit anywhere. And I've also never thought Mm -hmm. about telling it. But reading this, it has made me wonder because there was a part of me that for years I was like, well, maybe my dad just had a random 5.45 a.m. alarm set for Fridays, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I also kind of am always like, no, that's probably just my dad waking Mm -hmm. me up. So if I can believe that, why wouldn't I believe that somebody would send their loved ones these emails from beyond the grave? I don't know. I sort of, I think the technology is a fascinating place to 
explore with ghosts is basically what I'm Mm -hmm. getting at here. Because we talk about all the time on the pod, ghosts and how do they stay in one place? Do they travel? Like, what are they doing in the afterlife? And if we open up the possibility that ghosts can send us little messages, I have many questions. I want to know about all the people I'm not hearing from. (laughs) I've always kind of been of the opinion that ghosts can invade technology. Really? Because why would they be able to? I guess like I just I, like yeah. ghosts really have to be based in logic for me to really believe that they can do anything like I just have a like at some point is a ghost going to be able to invade the flying car in year 3000 like are we going to have ghosts entering into sentient robots and that like it just kind of goes too far to believe that a ghost could like enter into my laptop like it yeah. feels very Scooby-Doo to me. I guess, (laughs) you know, there is a, I think it is Scooby-Doo. There's like one of those cartoons, like with a a little electricity guy, like a little electricity ghost. Oh, yeah. I think that's what I always think of. But at the same time, it's like, if you believe in ghosts, and again, I'm really not a ghost believer. So it's not like this is like where I draw the line. (laughs) Like a ghost can invade a chair, but it can't invade a phone. You know what I mean? (laughs) So if a ghost can embody a physical inanimate object, why not a phone? I guess I just like to believe that a ghost has something better to do than like sitting down and typing out emails. I have to agree with you, but then also what are they doing? I don't know. Like I, I just hope that the mundane tasks of sitting down and typing out emails are in one way or another, whether I am ascending to Nirvana or entering the great abyss is not a part of my reality after death. You know what? I'm with you on that one. I don't want to, once I'm gone, I'm no. out. I'm out. Like, <laughs> does that later. mean like, oh, does, am I going to have to charge my ghost MacBook? <laughs> like I'm going to break the charger all the time and then I have to go to ghost target and it's just, it's life, but I'm stuck there. Bye. It's life, but maybe we can float. We don't know. <laughs> right. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, I was going to ask you if mm-hmm. you would ever set up this service. This would ever be something you did. Oh, my God. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, as someone who lost somebody who is close to me, mm-hmm. if I got any – oh, it gives me chills to think about. We have done an episode with a psychic here on the pod, and that was very beautiful, very special to, like, hear from a loved one that way. If I got a physical form of communication, if I got an email from my dad tomorrow, I – would be like very upset. It would not be comforting to me, mm-hmm. I think. So I don't think that I would do something like that. I think I'll probably, and listen, if you would at home, like if you, would you actually before I? Honestly, yes. Really? <laughs> but I mean, I would just meme. Like I wouldn't leave <laughs> anything that would like make people sad. Of course. Like it would be like pictures of thoughty Shrek or something. I love just that. Just to be like, remember me? I was funny. So I, th- I think I would. Okay. But similarly, If I did receive one, I would be hyper disturbed. I don't think I would believe it was real in any capacity. I don't think I would either. I would just be like, who is hacking, you know, my loved one's technology? Like, it would freak me out in that way. Who has access to my loved one's email account? 
I don't think for a second I would believe. But if, I mean, <laughs> if it contained personal information that only me and my loved one knew, I don't know. Yeah, I think I would be pretty disturbed to get a message like this. God, I don't know. And maybe I would feel different. Like maybe if, I mean, clearly Jack was ill, right? He died of like a heart arrhythmia. So maybe he really did know that he was going and set up some form of communication. Maybe if it's something like that. But doesn't explain the ankle. It doesn't explain the ankle. I know I'm trying to like, I think we have to assume it's someone who's not Jack. <laughs> yeah, either way. Okay, okay, okay. To finish up the email thing. I would not want to send one. I would not want to get one, but who knows if that would change. It's kind of disturbing to think that somebody was posing as Jack and sending emails to his family and potentially mm -hmm. not all of them are in on it. That's my like, thing. That's a little upsetting. It's like, it, it could be, we have no idea how many of the people yeah. that are receiving these emails know the truth. It could be everyone involved or absolutely no one we've talked about today. I do think this also, and this is a bit of a tangent, but it points to the idea that we're all gonna have digital remnants after we die now. Oh my God, I know. Because we're all so heavily online. Like this is a little bit different because they're receiving, you know, emails from the afterlife. But when we all perish now, up until the literal point of death, people will be able, especially us as content creators, to follow us like minute by minute. That is so absurd. And be able to look back at everything that happened up until that point or like, I've thought about scheduled tweets, like someone can pass away and then a yep. tweet comes out after they die. And it's like, that's a tweet from the afterlife. Like technology is so bizarre you, in that way. You never die now. No. I mean, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but like you are immortal. If you have any kind of social presence, look oh, at Michael yeah. Jackson. Artists Michael come Jackson. out with albums still. Yep. Years after they He's die, they made a Stanley NFT. Like you literally never find peace here on this no. mortal plane at this point. No. Uh, ending this episode with a bit of an existential crisis. Right. Feeling a little, if you are listening to this podcast in 30 some odd years, I hope I am beautiful and old and gray. Listen, what do you guys think about these emails? Would you ever send one? Would you ever want to receive one? Do you think it would be healing for you? Also, honestly, to get back to the point of this podcast, what do you think about Jack's family? Do we think that it was a hoax or something paranormal? Let us know your thoughts on the episode all over social media by using hashtag gruesome twosome. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loeybug and at Snitchery, and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast, Slash Management, and Ed Simpson, Fanny Baudry, and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro, with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Lexi Kibben. Research and script writing provided by Judd Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor Barnes, a.k.a. The Gruesome Twosome. Twosome.